is who you know, uh, as you well know. Uh, it's Dmitry Samarov here, uh, reporting from Chicago. Today I bring you a conversation with Alicia Martinez. Uh, Alicia's had a lot of different jobs, uh, lived, lived a, a lot of life uh, for someone so young, I would say. Um, we talk about her growing up on the East Coast around Baltimore, uh, getting into bartending and the music scene, a bunch of other scenes, and then ending up in Chicago and getting into forensic science. Uh, it's quite a talk. I know you'll enjoy it. There was a point that I uh, went through this weird phase of really wanting to learn Ableton. Oh, yeah, that's really, like, that's a lot. I don't even, I bear, I know that name. I don't know what the fuck it does. I think I was what just, I, I was deep into a lot of different subgenres of electronic music for a while, and I had friends that were, like, pro, you know, quote, producing tracks and whatever yeah. and, and experimenting with sampling and whatever yeah. and then having DJ nights. So for fun, I, like, I tried to do it. But <laughs> after, like, 10 hours straight and knocking my coffee mug onto my laptop and it not being intuitive whatsoever, yeah, I was yeah. just like, you know what, fuck this. Isn't that That's the fucking problem. That's the problem with so many of these programs. Like, I've been spending the last week or two uh, laying out my new book. And actually, and it's these programs are just like designed by sadistic mathematicians. <laughs> you know, like, all I want to do is cut and paste blocks of text and images. You know, like S sadistic mathematicians. Or speaking engineers. of like, it, it it attracts certain types of people, how they're wired, and it, they have less care for. It's sort How of and it's, it's sort of punitive, like where it tells you all the mistakes you've made all the time. Like there's a, like you got to correct these errors, or you can't go on. Like, fuck you. You're, <laughs> <laughs> you're basically a scrapbook. Like you're a digital scrapbook. Don't tell me what to do. I can do what I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just do what I'm asking you to do, motherfucker. And <laughs> and then I even like subscribed to some like online class to try to have you know broken oh, yeah. down yeah. for me yeah, how yeah. to like do something simple just get like like people that get stoned and make beats all night i feel yeah, like yeah. that's a cliche well sure but it's just like i with with so intention wait, i had a hard you time wanted to become that. a soundcloud rapper <laughs> i mean i don't know about a rapper but or, or, or you know what i definitely I mean, wanted like, you know like, i was yeah. i don't know who i was trying to be but i i when definitely had this? some fan probably around like i would say it was like 2013 2012-2013 well because at the time I was working at this place in DC which you know rest in peace U Street Music Hall it was like that was my favorite place on earth at a point it was just had a very minimal aesthetic you had to walk down like some steep stairs into this basement venue and they just had a really awesome sound system and um and you were working the bar? Or? Yeah, I was just bartending, yeah. but, like, I saw so many crazy, oh. you know, DJs and producers and whatever from around the world that it was yeah. just, like, where all the bottles are, like, rattling off the back bar. 
Mm. <laughs> right. So I was like, I, I kind of want to do that. I'm just like fascinated with it. And, and then I, I didn't give up too easily, but it became annoying pretty quickly. And I was like, well, fuck this. I don't yeah, you, I you have to be wired a certain way to, to deal, like to be into like messing around with technology that way, you know? I'm not, I, I do the bare minimum. I do, you know, like I bang my head against the wall until I make it work, you know, yeah. for me. But it's just barely by the skin of my teeth, you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I I feel like my, my first experimentation with kind of like messing with technology, this is when I was like in ninth grade, mm. and I, I begged my stepdad for one of those $500 gateway PCs. And so the internet at that stage, which I guess was like 99, 2000. Yeah, I was going to ask you what, what time. Where, where you could like drop down the menu and it'd say view source and on any web page. And then you could see all the coding or whatever. And I learned how to copy and paste. And I would just oh, spend nice. hours on like free website building pages, mm. just plugging and playing like color codes and screwing with like making fonts and started trying to learn macromedia flash and stuff and and then i would go to webmasters club for like the free snacks wow <laughs> and i got really into it my mother was like so threatened by that she was like well, the, so you're hanging out with the computer nerds or not or, even no, i was i was they... going to shows oh really as soon as i got a car i was driving to baltimore behind their back <laughs> so wait what what was your mom's problem with this she was just she felt like weirdly threatened by it she was like you need to go outside you've been in your room all day long what are you doing oh. and they like kept going like trolling my like internet history mm. and all i was doing was like trying to learn how to do like fun graphic stuff and yeah so and then I guess that went on. What grade? So about how old were you when this was going on? Like ninth, tenth grade. How old are you? Eleventh grade. I was grade. like fourteen to Four, sixteen okay, years right, old. Okay. That was my idea of fun. That yeah. and like, I started going to shows. But you were going, to, so you had that at least the two different kind of things. Yeah, yeah, but she that really, I don't know. She really didn't like it. So was going to shows okay with her, or was she not into that? Either? Uh, she was really trying to like micromanage who I was friends with mm. at the time and like I, I definitely had some older friends it's, it's funny because like Skylar and I talked about how we both sort of segued into like you know like the DIY scene and like mm. hardcore and all that through like attending youth group mm. <laughs> oh like Christian like like yeah. it's a church yeah like, like church like, basement kind of thing yeah 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 um, and I, th I feel like that almost like sat well with her cause it's like, oh, I'm going to church tonight. But it was really like these kids that I wanted to go see. Like... No, I didn't know you, Skylar had that too. <laughs> yeah, no, he totally That's went, funny. he went through that phase, which is yeah. pretty hilarious. So what, uh, what flavor of, is that like Catholicism or is it some other? I was, well, at the time, no, it wasn't Catholic. It was like a. I, don't, I honestly don't remember. I think it was a Protestant church. It's like my mom dabbled and all. Were they speaking in tongues? Were there snakes? No. <laughs> it, no, but I've totally witnessed that. At some point, my mom took me to see that shit. Oh, I just, really? Oh, wow. yeah. I've seen she the people. She cycled through all the flavors? Of she she went through a big, like... The Abba Dabba Wabba. <laughs> Abba Dabba Wabba. Let's, let's try all the different denominations yeah. of, of, like... Uh, for herself or for you? 
I think it was always for herself more yeah. than anything, but it was always like like a test for me. Like, if you make us late for church or you don't go to church, you can't go out the rest of the day. Or like there was always some punishment involved yeah. with that. But yeah, now she's like super hardcore catholic oh is she yeah. oh that's what that's what she settled on i yeah i went to catholic school for a little bit and then now that's that's her jam she's like she needs civilization she's yeah <laughs> yeah it's we catch up and it's just her talking mad shit on all the older catholic women and oh, <laughs> in the right. congregation and how they're all in each other's business and so sure. on and so forth <laughs> she found her own DIY scene. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Just like yeah, whatever bake sales. Or, <laughs> I don't know she's, what, what she's Catholic real, ladies do. Not not bake sales. It's bake bake light jewelry from the seventies. Oh really? She's all into her. Oh, so she like collect? She has collections. Yeah, or? she's uh Does she have a curio cabinet? Or does she? Kind of, she's got. I've got like three like insane <laughs> Japanese like mother of pearls. Like she collects jewelry boxes. She has an insane amount of jewelry. Hmm. She likes to kind of gift it to me and my sister. But yeah. she she has like a consignment business. That's how she stays oh. occupied. Oh. So her business card. She calls her eBay account her website. Hmm. Sure. And she's got a business card that says she named her business candy's cash and my brother jonah calls it candy's cash dot crap oh. <laughs> like don't pick on her <laughs> but oh. also low-key amusing yeah so that's her that's her hobby <laughs> so was the like the computers and, and the shows was that like the first big interests like when you were what like yeah what did who did you want to be when you grew up like when you were little when it's, you were a little girl like what was the dream after you stopped wanting to be a princess or did <laughs> you want to be a princess i don't know i want to be a ballet dancer what? no That's i what my mom wanted to be she wanted to be a ballerina i think she had a bum foot oh uh, yeah damn yeah that's brutal <laughs> bum leg yeah i well i mean i i was never built for it either but I, uh, it's funny because looking back after having like a full career in hospitality and cocktail stuff, yeah. I, and now that I'm entering, you know, like a path through science and public health and medicine, um, looking back on every aspiration mm. that I had as like a little kid or what I would talk loudly about yeah. to any adult that would listen, yeah. the first thing was, I wanted to be a meteorologist. Oh yeah. And it's because I liked tornadoes and hurricanes and every scary storm that existed. I was very fascinated. You wanted by to be stuff. a disasterologist. Yeah, I wanted to be a disasterologist. <laughs> yeah, I remember like doing like I don't even know. You liked it, when shit got fucked up. Yeah, pretty much. It's like seeing houses getting smashed and like storm chasers and watching you know the the funnel come down from the sky and. The idea of, you know, like a, like a cow getting sucked up or something. But so was Twister your favorite movie? Or? No, it was, really, it was bad even then. It was kind of fun. It's, it's fun of, now, but yeah. at the time it was like, y'all couldn't do better with the uh, special effects. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, and then I also was very, I remember, I was very interested in spiders and sharks. And then it was... 
I guess then I thought I liked dermatology. Hmm. My mother was an esthetician. Oh, okay. So then, you know, you hit puberty and you start analyzing your pores and stuff and they're digging at your face. You spent half, <laughs> half the day looking in the mirror and every... Uh-huh. I was like, oh, maybe I want to be... or whatever. <laughs> exactly. One of the dawn of the zits. Um, and then I got it in my head. I thought being an obstetrician would be cool. It's like left field. I think that was like one day when they marched everybody down to the library Mm. And they're like, okay, we're going to do like a little research all on right, like career right, options. Pick, pick a career. I was like, ooh, this pays a lot. <laughs> okay. So that ended like, so money was definitely like a, like a, it at, played a. At, at the time. But I, you know, I didn't have anything to con compare or contrast it to. I didn't know shit about money. It's like I got my $10 allowance for cleaning my mother's toilet and mm. picking, picking up the dog shit in the backyard. <laughs> For not being late to church? Yeah, for not being late to church. <laughs> deduct $1 for lateness. <laughs> so so, so, did any of those stick for longer than just like you announcing it one day? Or uh, not I think I, like the early dreams? I think I just... Yeah, I think it was just like early dreams and mostly talk. And then going into high school, I honestly kind of leaned towards... I was into like human anatomy, I was into my science classes, but I was more into um, painting and drawing. Mm. And then I started really doing these drawings that would take me a very long time to finish, like micro detail, kind of real, realist. Like one project that I had that I really loved and I took months to finish it, but I was like looking at every little square inch and was really like... Yeah keying in all the the just the, the most infinitesimal detail and it was of a like a parasol like mm. a really beautiful asian parasol with like a bamboo handle and i drew it in extreme detail closed and then i opened it up and had it kind of in the background at an angle it was in the school newspaper working on it what'd you like draw it with well, just a mechanical pencil. Spent, oh, like a tiny, I, like a point oh oh whatever. Uh-huh. And then, um, I don't know, I had fun taking a bunch of different classes. I started getting into watercolor. and mm. So I thought I wanted to go to MICA. I was interested in art school. And then didn't end up doing any of that. I just moved to Baltimore and <laughs> started, started being a, just leaning into, into the, uh, the culture up there. Yeah. So you didn't you didn't go to college then, or you just like so this is when you graduated high school, or I didn't or, graduate oh, high didn't. school. Oh, no, didn't. it was you like moved out. it it was like a it was a tumultuous time with my mother. I feel like she was kind of going through her own personal stuff, and I was a total prude. Mm. I wasn't going to parties. Mm. I wasn't hooking up with boys. I wasn't. But you'd been going to shows, you said. Yeah, I was I going to shows. Then, yeah. I, I had the wheels. Shows were just for, for I music. Just, I just loved music. I obsessively yeah. listened to music, you know. Was, and there was we, nothing socially going on at those for you? Or, like, you just, uh, you just kept people away? <laughs> no, I, I had friends, but, like, nothing on the, like, like young love front. I actually I met my first boyfriend at a house show outside of Baltimore. He played in a grindcore band called Pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I had the symbol from that show for years and years and years and in big marker just a pterodactyl around it 
Oh, hilarious. How, he, how old was... How old were you? How old was he? I was 17 and he was 18. And that was your first boyfriend? Uh-huh. Nolan, Nolan Troop. And he ended up going on... I, it's funny because I was pretty deep into music and knew a lot about it when I met him. But he was like, you know, kind of the, the borderline pretentious know-it-all. Mm -hmm. Some of our very immature arguments were about him accusing me of, uh, like copying his taste in music and <laughs> stuff like that we'd go record shopping and he he would tell me about something and then i would buy something from their catalog mm -hmm. and then he'd get an attitude about it and i was just like what is this even about wow but yeah he he went on to like get pretty deep into like noise and power electronics and mm -hmm. had like a long run with like touring around the country oh, with it and stuff so how long did that last like a month <laughs> i would say it's funny you know that first relationship how it feels like an eternity but well yeah, yeah. it was like nine months maybe. okay yeah it probably felt like five years or it, whatever it yeah. felt like a, a significant thing but yeah. it's funny because like he did he live nearby or no that was the hilarious part was he lived on the other side of baltimore i was in annapolis and he was in bel-air mm. but he went off to college that fall like he he graduated from high school he went to York College of Pennsylvania, mm. and then as soon as he got there, I, I felt the change because it was just like he was away from home and he wanted to do what he wanted, and he wasn't <laughs> he he wasn't that nice to me anymore. So that was the end of that. That's funny. I, yeah, my first real real girlfriend that happened with, but like in reverse. Well, I was older. I was off. I'd started in art school in New York, and she was a senior in high school in Boston in Brookline. And then uh, the, she graduated, and in the summer, like, she kept talking about how she was going off to school, she was going to go to college, and, like, kept talking and talking about how, well, well like, you know, she might want to see other people, like, you know, explore, whatever, like, and I just beat her to the punch and dumped her. Oh, you're like, oh, here it comes. I, I was well, I guess I got to, like, yeah, take yeah. control well, of the situation. You really want to be free? Well, here, the, here, fly, fly away. You know? Well, I don't well, think she she saw that coming, but I think I did her a favor. Well, it's funny because it Plus turns I had somebody, I, there was somebody else. Right. Well, like, but it like, turns into this fucking reverse psychology thing, because I would go, oh, yeah. I drive up there to see him, mm -hmm. and then he was being all aloof and distant, and then like yeah. starting fights about stuff, and I was just like, he was Why? trying to get you to dump her, dump, dump him, yeah, yeah. So then, yes. so then. <laughs> At that point, I moved into Baltimore City. Okay. And you were still you were still going to school or you stopped going to school? This was when I was done with school. Oh, done with I moved into I moved into this place called the Broasis and it was this Oh boy. But it, no, but, but it was <laughs> Is it an oasis from Bros or is uh, or it, it, yeah, well, it was like this warehouse space that was definitely not residentially zoned uh -huh. or legal and it was like Dudes from like um, pulling teeth and like what? Uh, oh my god! Why am I? It's like is it <laughs> Rick to Life's band? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't like know. Like Twenty Five to Life. I don't know that scene so well. Well, well it was like a All bunch of hardcore dudes and like who play on boxes. Yeah. That's well, funny. I was hanging out with the Oxes Folios, which I I loved very much at that time. But, um, yeah, no, I moved into this space and then I started like making friends and being invited to stuff and I had mm -hmm. my autonomy and I wasn't mm -hmm. answering to my parents because mm -hmm. they were pissed at me for dropping out and moving out, rightfully yeah. so. Yeah. 
but like he started being clingy and was trying to really? oh. yeah he suddenly he like had an about face and was like trying to oh. go through my phone oh no and like i started i don't know i was just meeting a lot of people and yeah. he started like showing up on me at stuff oh, and then no. i would disappear and he'd get in a, like a panic like state and I guess when we finally little baby stalker, stalker yeah, boy. <laughs> he he what he wouldn't let it go. Yeah, he yeah. like really threw like a fit, and I was just like, "You're insane." Isn't that funny? Like when you, you get you get what you're asking for, and then you realize that's not what you wanted. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's trying to get you to dump him, but then. <laughs> well, hey, that's not the first time in my life that's yeah. happened. That's actually been kind of a pattern. It's like, yeah. oh, you don't want me? Okay, cool. Have okay, a nice bye. life. Yeah. I'm gonna move on to the next thing. I'm gonna, you know, keep it going. And then it's like well, all people this always hysteria want, and they, drama. They want what they once they're told they can't have it, then they really want it. You uh -huh. know, like, that's like what a, they want the most. <laughs> I guess maybe I should have been a dick all along. I don't know. That's what that's what it seems like. Like the people like being treated like shit, and then then they want you. You know, like <laughs> like okay, yes. I guess you're not supposed to be treated nice. You like it. You, not literally getting slapped around, but figuratively, you know. Like, yeah, for well, it's, it's like th then it's more exciting or something. How how does it feel to want? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so I just pretty much got rid of him, and then in Baltimore, it was like I started working at Whole Foods, and then mm. I had friends from the hardcore scene that worked at the Baltimore City Medical Examiner's Office. Mm. So then I started volunteering there. Oh. So that planted, kind of planted the seeds for now, huh? 100% planted the seeds. Yeah. But it was just like... Um, All those years ago. Well, yeah, I was like... So what, what year are we up to about? 2003. 2003, okay. So I started hanging out with my friend Nolan Strahls a lot. Mm -hmm. He was in a long-term relationship with our friend Sarah. They ended up getting married. Mm -hmm. um, he did... At the old auto bar. Wait, place. wasn't that the guy you were dating? No, Nolan. No, different Nolan. Oh, different. This Nolan. was a N O L E N. Oh wow! And we're many. How, how many Nolans do you got? Uh, two. <laughs> That's all I got. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> no but, more Nolans. <laughs> but Nolan rules. Um, he lived in this crazy warehouse called YU. There's like five roommates. It's mm. kind of similar to like Skylar Spot where they like mm. built their own spaces and whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but they'd have insane house shows like, uh, you know, and Lightning Bolt in yeah. Japan they played there. They, they just always had shows there. Yeah. But I like, the night before I volunteered at the morgue, I totally mm. crashed there with him and I remember just like staying up all night. Like I just like couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, he does, he was in Double Dagger. Double Dagger, right? Yeah, he's the singer of Double Dagger. Oh, okay. And he's also, he used to have this really awesome design firm called uh, Post Typography. Right, I think I've seen that, I've looked around at that. They've done so yeah, much art for so yeah, many rad right. bands and, and major publications. Yesterday for Prince's birthday, he like, he did a cover for Prince, like, oh. on spin. Oh, cool. Yeah, so anyway, he was like my cheerleader when I first started my morbid, curious wormhole oh, yeah. with that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that that was just kind of what I was deep diving on. But the funny part was, like, the the floor supervisors in autopsy services, they were just like, where are your parents? 
What are you doing here? Because so, how old were you at this point? Like I 17, 18, or? I was 18 Eight. when I first went there. Okay. I was a kid. Yeah. And there was nobody there that was as young as me. Yeah. But they let me do it. I think they just yeah. looked at it as free labor. Yeah. This is like a, a post. What were you doing? What did you have to do there? Like just clean shit? Or? No. Well, it started that way. I don't know how much you want me to go into this. <laughs> I think you should go all the way into it. Like, <laughs> like. So when I first. Speaking of it, you guys should go see Crimes of the Future. That's what you guys oh, should yeah? see. Oh, that's, yeah? That's all kinds of body shit that's all body shit i'm down that's their whole the whole thing of it is it's, they're saying surgery is a new sex <laughs> damn <laughs> like they get off on like cutting each other up oh that's, wow yeah that's, that's what you should see instead of men but whatever I, I, well, I'll, I'll i'll drag them to that but i uh <laughs> yeah so i had my friend pat glenn Mm-hmm. He was way into hardcore shows. Mm-hmm. He was always the jackass with the septum ring, like head walk in at all these like thuggy hardcore shows and whatever. But he graduated from YCP, where my first boyfriend went in biology and criminal justice. So he was working there as a forensic investigator, and he would tell me all this crazy shit. And I don't know what it was, but it really like there was like a pool, you yeah. know, hearing these stories, and then. I remember being in Denton, Maryland, out on the eastern shore visiting my parents, and I was in the little town by myself, mm-hmm. and saw two cops standing on the side of the street, and I walked up to them, and I was like, where is the medical examiner's office? Like, where?" And they were like, oh, well, it's in Baltimore City, but from county to county, like, they have designated, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, investigators that will go or will take bodies from the counties into the city to, you know, be, be, uh, go through the autopsy process, etc. And I was going to the library and I was like taking out books on it. I was just like, so fascinated by this. And then he was like, look, like if you just call a couple times and come down and fill out an application to volunteer, they'll let you, they'll put you to work <laughs> if you can handle it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did it. They called me back and they gave me scrubs. Yeah. And went the the first time that I ever went down that old 1960s elevator, mm. you know, with Donnell, who was Donnell McCullough. He's the supervisor. He's still there. Oh, wow. He's been there for years. He also owns um, like a family funeral home. And nice. um, it was just like. The smell change, it was very chemical, mm, you know, yeah. you, you see the double biohazard doors and then there's the little yeah. office and, and the bin with all the recycled paper and it's like scant, like photocopies of like Polaroids from scenes and stuff. And, right. And you just walk through and it was like this, I don't want to call it a milestone, but it was definitely like a major moment like so it's like a light bulb for you and like i'm home kind of thing (laughs) i don't know i don't know about i'm home but it was more of like a what did i get myself into oh yeah yeah i i walked through the doors and it was this you know when your stomach drops you see something and you're like Mm. i don't know if the if i'm Mm. making the right choice right now it was like a busy room there Mm. were probably 10 or so different carts with deceased people Mm -hmm. all from different reasons or or situations and everybody was just busy at work yeah bright lights 
had the oldies playing. They always mm. had a radio going. Everybody's yeah. talking, whatever. So it wasn't like this macabre, like... Sure. You know, it wasn't like that kind of mood. But it was also the, the first woman that I looked at was leaving a nail salon. Mm. And she was... Um, Definitely more on the voluptuous end, and a car <laughs> a car hit her, uh-huh. and just destroyed her legs and mm. killed her on impact. And um, and her nails, I just remember, were really long and had like flamingos airbrushed on them. Oh, they were like those fancy acrylic. Kind yeah, of like she really just had like the hot nails and yeah. got like taken down by a car. But then it was just like I hung through the entire day. I, I watched everything. I was kind of bracing myself for mm-hmm. seeing them remove the the chest plate of the. So rib that was cage the first or, day you just watched how everybody was doing stuff. Well, they started having I I observed, but they also had, almost as like a stage or something. But sure. then they had me. Well, here are all the medical supplies. Can you please stock everything mm-hmm. on the wall? Yeah, and then. From it was kind of like a progression. They would like give me my little tasks, and every time I come in, I do the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's like, oh well, you mastered these things. Here, we'll give you something new to do. Mm-hmm. She's sticking around, you know. Yeah. Everybody likes her. It's like bullshit with the forensic yeah. photographer about like fantasy football or whatever. Yeah. And um, and then eventually it was they gave me a rag and like a bleach solution, and mm-hmm. so I started cleaning people that passed away like any sort of bodily fluid or i would i would undress you were cleaning them. them before they went to the funeral home or, or before they or got were their... these people being buried by the state or something no so in this in this place this is all medical legal death investigation oh so they were so being, had aut- autopsies they were there for autopsies solely mm. um they died in a natural death yeah there is um pathologists on premise mm. uh autopsy assistants photographers there's different departments upstairs where you're sending their they're collecting their fluids and stuff for toxicology right. testing or looking at tissue samples through mm. pathologists or histologists like under like extreme microscope um but the funeral directors that's a whole other process i think mm. people confuse yeah. mortician with yeah. medical examiner but the funeral directors, that mm-hmm. the morticians, would show up at 4 p.m. every day on the dot in their little time to, to take them away to collect okay. their personal belongings and take them to the funeral. It was that home you were talking family. about cleaning that made me wonder about. N- you know, well, that is you know. so that the doctors can see yeah. everything. So if there's blood or yeah. vomit or any other yeah. situation, yeah. soot or yeah. whatever, you are cleaning everything off that you can find. And then um, removing any sort of medical apparatus if they were in the hospital, collecting anything from their pockets, mm. taking their clothes. Yeah. You're checking everything yeah. in. So they had me doing that for a while. And then they were allowing me to, and I'm telling you, stop me if this is like too much what? info. <laughs> that's, what, well, that's what we're here for. <laughs> cool. You'll have, to, you'll have to like put a warning on it or something. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> but I, I, I thought it, well, also just that it's like, not to be a... A big dweeb, but it, you know, it's like that Fiona Apple song, Extraordinary Machine. It's like the body is insane. Mm. It's such a like perfect machine. So to see it up close inside and out was like definitely a life changer, too. But they like the the next of the tasks were was uh, 
giving me a syringe and having me take the vitreous fluid from the eyeballs. Oh, wow. So I put the syringe in the side of the eye, and it's like a clear fluid, and you put it in a vial, mm. and then I would have to take blood from the heart, um, the gallbladder, like bile, mm -hmm. and urine, and have everything labeled, like put the yeah. stickers on it, and we had the super old dumbwaiter, and we put it in there and sent it up so that they could run tests on it for individuals. Nice. Yeah. So how long did you do that, all that? About two years. Oh, I started getting kind of flaky after a while because I was going to dance parties and going to shows and going to art shows and, you know, just doing my thing. So, where, and you said you, you'd started working at Whole Foods. How long did you move on to bars pretty soon after or no? Yeah. Well, that's where I met my ex-husband. <laughs> yeah. I, at, I, at the... At we the were home? both working at Whole Foods. Oh, okay. And... Uh, Speaking of which, I just ate, I had some, I had a little, like after I went to the movie, I stopped in Whole Foods, I needed to look at email or whatever, and I made the mistake of going to the, the stupid hot salad, the hot bar. Or the hot bar. And got a really overpriced thing, and so I got these Brussels sprouts, and they hadn't fucking cut off the stems. Oh. So I, I ate the stuff, and... Did you eat the stem? Well, well, I Sorry. no, I spit out like a bunch of them, and I was sitting there like, I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna go and complain, and they they refunded me the money. Like, they're good. They well, they should. I mean, it. <laughs> yeah. So you sorry. So <laughs> you, you, <laughs> which which department were you, and which was he? I was. Did, did your did your eyes meet over the hot bar? <laughs> no, it was, it, it was over the it was over the banana stand. He was like. Do stone stacking bananas on a, a yellow Vespa. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was working there and <laughs> part time. And, uh, but at the time it was like Whole Foods was still owned by John Mackey. Mm. So it was, it had a different soul to it than now being completely taken over by Amazon. Yeah. It's just different quality wise. You talk and, about, yeah, there's a, Actually, I think he works at that exact Whole Foods in Streeterville. Matt Lux. Do you know Matt Lux? I don't... He's a bass player. I don't know if you've met him. Maybe. He's played with Skylar before. Matt they, Lux, I'm sorry if uh, yeah. Skylar introduces him. <laughs> really cool guy, but he's worked at Whole Foods for like 20, I don't know, for a long-ass time. I mean, it is a good company to stay with because yeah. you, there is really like just... But he told me once he remembered there. watching them like... As that sale was about to happen to, to Amazon, like they were making themselves more and more Amazon like because they wanted to pretty them, you know, they wanted to doll themselves up for the for the new guy to yeah. come come swoop in and make yeah, that yeah. big money. Yeah. So it was uh, so it was a pretty good job. When, when it you, was fine. I yeah. mean, I was kind of a jackass around yeah. then. I I feel I felt like some kind of weird sense of purpose when I was you know volunteering at the morgue. Mm -hmm. And looking back, it's like, what business did I have? being there but it's funny because they let me it was like right after 9-11 yeah. so and it's okay. baltimore yeah. city like they'll they'll let anybody do anything right so with no credentials apparently now you have to have like a certain gpa and a letter of recommendation oh, like yeah. that didn't exist then and um but whole foods was just like I just knew that I could get good benefits and a reasonable hourly pay. Yeah. And it was kind of where all the, you know, kids that were starting to get tattooed and shit were all, you know, all the vegan 
punk kids or getting jobs yeah. there or whatever. But I didn't I didn't last long before I like started dabbling in the bar stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. How old were you when you got your first bar job? <laughs> <laughs> well, my first bar job was at uh, I was nineteen, mm-hmm. and I decided to out of out of my art school girlfriends just doing whatever the hell they wanted to do and making a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. I totally tried the whole. Hmm. Now I'm curious about this. Larry Flint's Hustler Club. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, it was just like a bar. It was like a. It was a. It was it, just a strip club, or it was a strip club. I like tried my hand at cocktail waitressing, and they uh-huh. gave me this quiz. Like, it had probably like forty liquor brands, mm. and they wanted me to say what spirit they were. Oh. And I didn't drink at that point, and I yeah. had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I was just guessing yeah. on everything. So they put me in their gift shop. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm standing there wearing like a Hustler Club tank top yeah. and like ruffle bottoms. And oh, so like, Hustler Club was kind of like the Playboy Club kind of. They were trying to, the trashier version of that or yeah, something. Yeah, it was like yeah. a franchise. Yeah. And everything was like velour and had like yeah. really explicit pictures with velour frames around them. And like old pictures of him in his wheelchair hanging right. out with different celebrities and whatever. And I'd have to stand in the gift shop, you know, like people coming in buying vibrators and like stripper yeah. outfits and whatever. And it paid nothing. Yeah. And then at four in the morning when they finally came around checking out my... Mm. my You're uh, open until four? Well, no, they closed at two, but it would take until four in the morning for them to close me out for me to leave. I'd oh, watch Jesus. all the dancers roll out in their yeah. sweats with dragging yeah. a suitcase behind them, mm-hmm. and they're all making hundreds of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, fuck this, I'm going to do that. Damn, <laughs> this is stupid. And also, I have no one to answer to right now. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. it looks kind of fun. I've been watching them through the... Through the oh, you can see them from... Yeah, from I was the watching them dance all yeah. night long, and mm-hmm. like, it's just silly. So... Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the first quote unquote bar job. <laughs> so how long were you there? Uh, I like just got the brass balls one night mm-hmm. to go to Fantasies, which was a nightclub in South Baltimore. My roommates were making fun of me because I went to this sex toy shop and bought this like yellow lace halter like baby doll dress with mm. like a matching pair of underwear and these glittery yellow or glittery gold like sling back platform mm. heels <laughs> and i put it on for them like do i look okay yeah. and i had like the chopped like art school idiot bangs or whatever oh. and they were like dude go for it <laughs> what like like betty page kind, kind of, of like, sort of like me yeah they're like kind of like crooked. Yeah, yeah. they they're a lot. Yep. They're special. And uh and I remember all my friends, my little social world, everybody that were hanging out with the Oxus dudes, they all kinda got mad at me about it. They're like, What are you doing? It's like, I don't know, it's kinda like a another social study. I just Oh, they thought you were being like low class or like betraying or, like their ideals like, or something. Or like I was on a destructive path or something. But the oh. I mean that crew is I'm not gonna lie, and I, like they're all very debaucherous. Yeah. So because it, I think it was because it wasn't like a click approved thing that I was doing. Suddenly yeah. it was problematic. So I mean, I, I just literally didn't care. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I totally drove down to that 
that titty bar on a Friday night and mm. the girl bartending was just like, do you need, you're auditioning, do you mm. need something to drink? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and she loaded me up with like three gin and tonics. Yeah. And I, of course, I was like, you know, 122 pounds or something. Mm. I was very little, yeah. lanky. And got up there like half in the bag at to and the first song I danced to was It's My Life, but there was like wow. nothing sexy nice. about it. I was up there nightclub dancing. Yeah. It's like a whole learning curve yeah. with figuring out how to do that shit. <laughs> how did you decide like did you practice in front of a mirror or like before No. You just went I, up there and just chose a song and just like fuck it, I'm just gonna do this? Yeah. Or, wow. Yeah. It was I, like I don't. And that even... was because because you'd watched all those girls at the Hustler Club do that, like rake it in. Yeah. Well, or... I had this friend Noah, who's now he like is an illustrator for like Cosmo Girl yeah. and like Vogue, yeah. and, like he does like like all these really awesome cartoony stuff and lives out yeah. in Portland. And his girlfriend at the time, Risa, uh -huh. she didn't like me. She'd always start shit with me at the the you know when I'd go out to the dance parties. Why and didn't stuff. she like you? because uh, Latin chicks were all a little territorial and she didn't like that I was friends with her boyfriend. Oh, oh. Was so, that, uh, yeah, yeah like she was... Or ter yeah, whatever. Yeah, just ter super territorial and it's funny because... Don't look at my man. Right. But, but she was... She worked at Hustler mm. and I thought that she would be front like, hey, what's up? Like, we know each she other. She was a dancer, stripper, or whatever. She was stripping. Yeah. And... and Did you call yourselves dancers or like... Did anybody get uppity about, or like, pissy about like what you were called? I think there was a wave where everybody was like, "I'm a, I'm a dancer." An exotic and it, dancer. Yeah, okay. but it's just like, no, we, we out here scripting, like yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but she, um, it's funny because she kept like waltzing past me, and she totally had the Betty Page thing going on, and. Finally, I sat down next to her. This one, yeah. we could still smoke indoors. Yeah, yeah. She was like course. smoking a cigarette yeah. like a chimney, and I was like, "Were you ever gonna say hi to me?" She's like, "Probably not." And I was like, "Damn, you're cold blooded." She so knew her, her before you knew him, or I knew him before I knew her, oh. and it took her a while to be nice to me. But oh, then we were like best friends oh, okay. for a stretch there. But it was just like, oh well, he he kept saying oh, after well, she she felt okay. Sure that you weren't stealing her boyfriend yeah, or whatever? Yeah, I did not want Noah at all. Oh, okay. He was like a head shorter than me and blonde and like a little mod boy and very soft-spoken. It's just not my, not my no. jam. Not my flavor. <laughs> he's, he's still an amazing, awesome yeah. human, but yeah. was, there was never an attraction <laughs> there. But, um, yeah, it's, it's funny because he would always go, Well, my girlfriend, Risa, she... Is a cocktail waitress at Hustler, mm. she, but she makes so much money that I can't be mad about it. She's got like ten grand in cash under the bed in a shoebox. So right was he now. just saying that because he was embarrassed? He didn't want to tell people that I, she was stripping. Yeah, so I thought that's what made me think of the cocktail waitress thing because I wanted money. Oh, that's that's what and got so into when your I, head. And then okay, when I got so. there and saw that she was dancing, I was like, I can do this. This yeah. actually looks kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> So how long was it be, uh, from, like, It's My Life to you figuring out how to do that job? Oh, well, it's did funny. People, did you get a job there or no? It, it took me a few months to start. Well, I, I ended up going to Hustler, and they were like, 
uh, maybe you could use a little practice somewhere else and then come back. Oh, and I then see. I was like, okay. And then I came back. Is Hustler and the big leagues? Yeah. Of, of, stripping, of strip clubs? Yeah, yeah, they had a lot more requirements and they mm. were also very particular about tattoos at the time. They didn't like, they didn't want. No. That was they like considered trashy or something? They, or? It, the culture's changed a great deal yeah. where there's a lot. Of, you go to any strip club and you see very heavily tattooed women, but like. Around then, to 2004 to and mm -hmm. beyond, like for a while there, it was. They wanted like the girl next door kind of thing. You had to yeah. you had to look like you were in like a Tom Petty music video or some shit, or you know, like blonde, yeah. like you know what I mean, like like you weren't a degenerate stripper. You had to look yeah. very normal to, right. <laughs> to some man with money. And if you had tattoos, and they would make you work. You know, the B team. You'd have mm -hmm. to work early in the week, during the day, deal right. with all the construction workers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh. So we were getting our feelings hurt left and right. Cause I, so and you had a bunch of tattoos already at that point? No, or? I got my stomach tattooed by Doug Hardy, who's, that was my first tattoo and it was free. Mm -hmm. And he was like, kind of auditioning, for lack of a better term, to buy this tattoo artist Seth Safari's spot. His father's Don Ed Hardy oh, of the yeah. famous, like, you know, like the brand that got really like yeah. douchey for a minute there. Right. He's actually just like the dumb, one of the, the dumb t-shirts and stuff. The dumb t-shirts. Yeah. He made a lot of money from that, but he sure. was, he's like one of the grandfathers of tattooing yeah. in America. Right. And so I met his son by chance through mm. my social circle, and he tattooed my stomach, and they were real fussy about that. Mm. And then I got another one on my back, and uh, and then it was like, I mean, I just remember explicitly. Like, so they get they just kept giving you shitty. He was like, I thought you weren't going to get any more tattoos, oh. you know, or oh. can you cover that up, you know, like finding like heavy duty makeup to try oh, to like cover yeah. the stuff up, and. Uh, I don't know. I just kind of didn't care. I just kept getting tattooed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was on and off for like eight years. Eight years? Wow. Yeah, I I got. Did you find place or did the culture change? By by the tat about the tattoos or did you find other places that were like more okay with they, the way you looked? Well, they with they the tattoos and stuff. Well, it definitely changed, but like, I. Stepped away from it because I went to cosmetology school. Oh. Yeah, I paid like $12,000 to get a cosmetology license. And then I I got married by a Liberace impersonator and had my son a year yeah. later, two years <laughs> later. You know, let's fast forward. And I took a break and then I like started getting a sleeve up in New oh. York City. And then circling back around to dancing again after not doing it for a while, yeah. everyone's like, oh, damn, you got a lot more tattoos. But, like, yeah. everybody was like, oh, those are cool. Like, yeah. it wasn't like, oh, this is terrible. It probably got, it was pretty mainstream by then. Yeah, there was, yeah. I feel like it definitely accelerated with being acceptable. Because for a mm -hmm. while there, I felt like, you know, trying to go to Ocean City, Maryland for a summer, everyone's it never even occurred to me to get it. one because you know where I, I was growing up in boston it was illegal you had to go to rhode island oh really it was illegal in massachusetts to get a tattoo all when i was growing up oh i mean i'm older God. than you but i didn't get my first tattoo till 1997 in chicago and i was almost 27 i got my first tattoo when i was yeah wow nearly 27 
That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, I, I, I came back to it and suddenly, like, everybody was tattooed. I was like, oh, I'm not unique. Yeah. I'm not the unique, yeah. you know, goth chick <laughs> anymore. But, <laughs> but, I, but it's like my husband and I were on and off. We probably broke up. We separated, like, three major times. Yeah. We had our son Jackson, and he. How long into your relationship was he? Did he come around? Uh, did, did this, your son? We were married a year, uh -huh. and then I was pregnant. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah. but at that point, I had already started the school to get out of the dancing and being away from the, the, the nightlife. The cosmetology. Or? Yeah, to be, become a stylist or something. Yeah. Like I was interested. I don't know. It just seemed like a. It just seemed like a way out. Yeah. And. And I had, I was pregnant with Jackson, and by the time I was like seven months pregnant, I was just like, I can't stand these bitches at the school anymore. Like, oh, really? the amount of cat shit. Talk about territorial women. It's worse, worse than the strippers? You know what? <laughs> In some ways, I'm a tough bitch, and uh -huh. I could deal with these, like, you know, just hood rat chicks. People uh -huh. from all... Some of the best people I've ever met in my life were dancers. They yeah. all had different backgrounds. They had different stuff going on. But I met really genuine people with a lot of grit. Mm. I got a lot of respect for sex workers. There yeah. are going to be bad people yeah. in every... Yeah. You know, uh, possible thing you could be... You could specialize in or whatever. But, like, I met some really incredible people yeah. that I will love forever from, from being in those places. They're, yeah. It's not just like, oh, we all have problems. You know what I mean? It's not like that. Some people just think it's hot. And they're married and they have money and they got a big ring. And, but they, they're... Yeah. I mean, in my case, it's like my ex-husband, he honestly thought it was cute that I stripped. He would go sit in there and act like... So he had no problem with it. Not at all. Yeah. He would come hang out and we'd play the game where we act like we didn't know each other. Right. <laughs> But, yeah, like, it was worse dealing with the young girls at the hair school because they were mean mm. for no good reason, just mean. Yeah. And I, like, I come home crying. He's like, what is going on? Why can't, wow. why can't you handle these 18-year-old girls? Because mm -hmm. <laughs> they would get me talking about that stuff, and they'd be like, oh, you've had a hard life. I feel sorry for you. And mm. it's like... I've never honestly considered a hard life. It's just yeah. been sort of a choose my own adventure right. kind of situation. And then I never worked in a salon. <laughs> Did you graduate from that? Did you finish I that finished course, that or? shit. I took the government test. I got my license. And all and I ever used it for was to get super cheap professional uh, beauty products oh, from yeah? Cosmoprof. <laughs> Why, why is that? You, you ended up going back to bars or to the clubs or what no, happened? Not immediately. Um, I got out of it and then realizing that, you know, my son's six months old. Mm -hmm. Our rent was 1500 a month. Mm. And daycare was You were another in Baltimore? You were living? Or we, where were you living? We moved out of the city when I was pregnant. His... Zach's mother worked for uh, the International Center for Toxicology and Medicine, mm. and she supported expert witness toxicologists. Mm. And um, she was like, come on board. You can be like the front office coordinator mm. and help like collate mm -hmm. uh, records for depositions and trials and yeah. also start working through like organizing our medical library and all this, this office work. Office work. Yeah. And... 
<clears throat> so I, you know, slapped on the, the pencil skirt and started yeah. working there and doing the nine to five thing. Yeah. But Jackson's daycare was like twelve to thirteen hundred a month on top mm -hmm. of our rent. Yeah. And I was making four sixty a week. So that What was be, your husband doing? He was working for Whole Foods, and he hustled. Oh, he was still at house. He was still at Whole Foods. Yeah, but he was like hustling really hard because of Jackson and wanting mm -hmm. to provide for us. And he got to the point where he was making over a hundred thousand a year. He mm -hmm. became a store team leader. Wow. And um, and so, but it sucked because what I was making a week and what it cost to be away from him, there was. I was only profiting sixty dollars. Oh wow! To be away, be gone, have twelve-hour days, and him screaming and crying. He's hungry, and I like can't get undressed or use the bathroom. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. like crashing into bed every night. I was like, "This is not worth it." Yeah. This is not worth it. I miss my child. He's fallen. Mm. He's fallen into stuff at daycare and getting a black eye, or his. Yeah. I'm picking him up, and his onesie's wet, and his diaper is loaded, and it's just mm. like. Yeah. So that's why I went back to working at night. To like be able to spend the days with him. So, you know, and then I, I left that job and was just like, I'm going to start working at the club again. Yeah. And that wasn't an easy thing. His, his mother really took it to heart and was, cause she knew about it before. Yeah. Um, but she was pretty mad at me. She thought I made her look bad because I. Oh, because you quit the job that she, she gave, she got you. Yeah, I put in my notice, but it was, like, my sanity versus, like, mm. she would come over and just was micromanaging my home life, too. And I was just like, all right. So that probably put a more strain on, on your thing with her son, too, right? The, oh, yeah. That's probably pushing it. Yeah, um, he, yeah. He, he didn't want to, he did not want to stand up to her about any or set any boundaries and uh, like just eventually I got sick of it so yeah. back to Baltimore I went <laughs> and and you split up or or not yeah we we at, at that point or no uh, on and off he said at that at that point we moved we ended up moving back separately because oh. it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a team, yeah. it wasn't a team effort. Yeah. He, she was really mad and he was just, he was so like deep in the work stuff. So mm. I don't know, but I, I mean, we moved back in together. It was just kind of the same on and off stuff for a while there. And, mm. and then we decided to move to Annapolis. Mm-hmm. How come? What was that about? So, here's some fun stories. So, our last try at, like, if we could just be together, we could have everything. Uh-huh. You know, like, Jackson, it's like we both make good money. Mm -hmm. We can have a nice home. Yeah. Neither of us want to be half-time with him. Let's just, right. can we please just figure this out? And we moved, there was this rock club in Baltimore called Sonar. It was right next to City Hall. It was two blocks away from the block in Baltimore where it's all the like really like crazy prostitution going oh, yeah. on, strip clubs, whatever. And to the point that like when we lived there, 
<laughs> it's not a good look, but it's funny mm -hmm. because there was a major fire there one year. Mm -hmm. It burned a bunch of the clubs down, yeah. like major structural damage. It went on for days. And I had people texting me going, are you okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, I appreciate the sentiment, but I'm not even. Did somebody like, torch it for insurance? or It's possible. Probably, yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah. But anyway, we lived next to this club sonar. And I would do promotion stuff there. I started bartending there for events and stuff. Like NERD would come through or Maryland Death Fest. Or just they'd have me randomly fill in for bar shifts. Mm -hmm. And we were able to park above it. Mm -hmm. And on Friday nights, it's like we had this gorgeous warehouse space. Mm -hmm. And we'd just throw the windows open. We'd make a drink. And we'd be sitting at our pub table watching this Club One let out. Mm -hmm. And it was like this super narrow building. Yeah. That they ended up tearing down. But everybody's clubbing. You know, mm -hmm. they got their, their freaking dresses on and shit. Yeah. And there's like a line around the building. But when it lets out, he was like, dude, I can't believe we live here. It's like the fucking pandemonium outside. Yeah. It's just like people scattering everywhere. Yeah. There's cops on horses. There's a helicopter hovering overhead. Yeah. There's a dumpster directly beneath our condo. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I've watched six people take a leak, two people shit, yeah. two people throw up, somebody get punched in the face. He right. was just like, this is a great spot for like a gay couple with no children or something yeah. or like people that don't have kids. He was like, yeah. I think we got to get out of here. It's like too much right. of an education for him. I remember sitting there one day, Jackson's like lining his cars up on the yeah. windowsill. And how just, old is he at this point? Like two and a half, mm. three. And there's there's like a, some fucking guy that just comes marching up the street, middle of the morning. Mm -hmm. He's wearing a full length trench coat. Mm -hmm. Looks like uh, Robert De Niro and Frankenstein or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Stands in the middle of the street and clenches his fists and like turns his head to the sky and just like lets out this insane scream and it just keeps screaming. Yeah. <laughs> and I like took a video of him and I was just like, yeah. I don't want to laugh at this man's misery, but what the? F it's like yeah. Tuesday morning and yeah, I'm yeah. like drinking my coffee. It's just wild. Yeah. I, I was just stuff like that all the time. Another time was like, I guess the last straw was. Around Memorial Day, it would get down to like, or get down to, it would get as high as like 113 degrees with regularity. It would get like mm. really hot yeah. down there. And Jackson and I would go on our little errands, I'd be holding his hand, and, yeah. and we'd pass this dude that was like passed out on the sidewalk, and he was wearing a full blown fucking Carhartt mm. coverall yeah. situation. And just beaded sweat, but he wasn't moving. It wasn't clear if he was breathing. Uh-huh. And I'm going, sir? Mm. And I'm holding his hand. I'm like, sir? Yeah. Sir? I'm like trying to wake him up. Yeah. And Jackson starts being like, ah. I'm like, okay. So I call mm -hmm. 911. And I'm like, yeah. there is a man that yeah. is like unresponsive on the sidewalk. I, I think you need to come check on him. And while I'm on the phone with them calling it in, he's over in the corner with his little Playmobil toys. And he's yeah. going, sir, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I kept going, it's okay. He's going to the doctor's, baby. Yeah. He's fine. He goes, it's okay. He's going to be sure. all right. And I was just like, wow, we got 
they gotta move out of here. So that's when you moved to Annapolis. Yeah. And what happened? That didn't that didn't work. I. That's where I went to high school, and I yeah. felt wildly bored there when I was eighteen, and yeah. I felt wildly bored when I was there at twenty-eight. Yeah. And I tried to work it out with Zach. We had a huge house, two-car garage with a yeah. playground in the back. Mm. Jackson School. Yeah. Walking distance, we're on the beach. It's like ideal for. Yeah. I just think that like, you know, I always have like a lot of love in my heart for Zach, and feel <sighs> terribly guilty about certain things. But mm -hmm. like, I think that is what I would want with someone that I had a better foundation. You know what I mean? Like, we weren't the we weren't the we weren't the best fit. And it yeah. was, there was never a problem. I mean, yeah. like, like malice or fighting yeah. or anything like that. He was always very good to me. Yeah. It just like, we were, I don't know. I did it too young and we were in the right place. We weren't, we're not, we're very different. And mm -hmm. so we had everything. Yeah. On the physical think, front. Was he, did he think every, uh, that everything was fine? Or did he, was he missing something too, do you think? Uh, I think that he was despondent because his father passed away when we first met. And he, it took him a long time to mm. like, I mean, he's, he's obviously a lot better now. It's almost been 20 years, but mm. like, he died when we worked at Whole Foods together. Mm. And there was a weird crossover with, I, you know, I, I encountered him when I was volunteering at mm -hmm. the OCME. Yeah. We ended up talking about that at a later yeah. point. And so I felt like there were a lot of... He was just emotionally unavailable, mm -hmm. is what I would yeah. put it as. He just... I felt very alone in that relationship. Even mm. when we were in the same room, I felt very yeah. lonely, and I just wanted to be somewhere else. Mm. So it was very strange. But, like, we just decided, like, all right, we've dragged it out this long, and it's like, how do we make everybody as happy as possible? So, you know... Oh, like you were supposed to get married now because this is the next step kind of well, thing? Or? Well, no, we were already married for or, a while. It was it was more like, okay, we're this is just us trying to figure out how to be adults about breaking up oh, with, yeah, with yeah, a, a I, yeah. kid that's in kindergarten. Yeah. So. So what was next? So, when, so did you move back to Baltimore at that point? Or? No, I had, I started bartending in... Uh, I had a job interview at the Four Seasons in Baltimore to be mm. a nail technician in their spa, and I oh, went right because you had the degree from the. I decided school. to explore yeah. that, uh -huh. and I went to the interview, and I thought I looked, I thought I looked like a dime. I was wearing my two hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> J brand jeans, and I had on, <laughs> I had on Prada boots and a turtleneck. I was uh -huh. so concerned with hiding my yeah. tattoos. Yeah. I was up at the crack of dawn, flat ironing my hair and doing my makeup <laughs> and whatever. And I thought I looked great. Yeah. And I, I set foot in this interview. Yeah. And the woman came up to me and she was just like, um, oh, are you who's interviewing today? And I was like, yeah, hi. She goes, what are, what are these? And I was like, oh, they're, you know, they're like. Prada sneakers that mm. I had that were yeah. like kind of platform and had mm. like a they were really awesome and mm. they were also like eight hundred dollar shoes. Wow! But like I, it, yeah, I won't even. That's a whole other segue. But anyway, she was Not just the like style of that place. 
or I thought that she was complimenting me on them, and she goes, "You know, our hotel mm -hmm. is the cream of the crop, right? Internationally, and if you're interviewing to work for us, yeah, you would think you would wear something cute, something funky. Yeah. I don't know what this is. I guess we can work with you because you're going to be wearing a uniform." Uh -huh. I'm really going to be testing you on your skills. I'll be right back. You can finish filling that out. Oh. And the way she talked to me was so like, like, yeah, it kind of blew me away because I was like, yeah. wow, I really didn't hit the mark. But yeah. I thought that I put a lot of effort into yeah. my appearance. I couldn't believe the way she talked to me. Mm -hmm. And it's also just like, you don't know what kind of background I'm coming from as yeah. far as I could be the best nail stylist in the world. Anybody right. could be and not have a lot of money for crazy interview attire mm. she was like yeah you're gonna be wearing a uniform so i stood up and i walked out wow. <laughs> i didn't even go through with it yeah. i was just like nope if this is yeah. any indicator of what it's right. like to see you on a daily basis <laughs> this does not work for me so i went to i had an interview the next day at u street music hall Mm -hmm. which I talked about a little bit earlier. That just Yeah, the, the place with the where the, you were going to... The DJ on an operated venue. Ableton and electronic Yeah, music. yeah. they hired me on the spot. So when to I went... To bartend or... Yes, to bartend. Yeah. And even then, I was still like kind of freshly out of the stripping game. So it was like fake it till you make it, trying to do like club volume, like mixed drinks. Okay, so you've out done some bartending already. A little bit. A little club bit. Charles was my first bar, which is in Baltimore, which uh -huh. is like... That's like John Waters. That's favorite. the John Waters bar. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Okay. I worked there briefly, and then I we moved out of the city, and then mm -hmm. I went to yeah. um, DC. And you decided like no, no more dancing, stripping for you, or no? At that point, I was making twenty four hundred dollars a week cash, <sighs> and working from nine until two in the morning, uh -huh. and I couldn't believe how much money I was walking uh -huh. out of yeah. there with. So that really was like facilitating the okay, all right, what are we doing? I guess I'm moving to DC now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Huh. No, but you'd stopped. Then you stopped stripping. Yeah, I stopped. I well, stopped working at the club when we were in Annapolis. I mm -hmm. still would leave and go work at the club up there, and yeah. sometimes just crash at my friend's house. Yeah. Coming home from there was getting increasingly harder and harder. Yeah. I even had like a near death moment coming home one night because I was tired. Mm. I was oh, you fell asleep. I was driving down oh, 95 oh. South and yeah. woke up to like oh, almost no. cutting across a semi yeah. who was blasting yeah. on the horn yeah. and did yeah. one of these. And that, you know, when you just have those few major fuck-ups in life, yeah. drinking-related, and you wake up the next day and the guilt is so immense, you're just like, wow, I really almost, that could have been... Oh, you were drunk? Or, no, I was uh, just exhausted. It, just, well, I mean, well, I was drinking earlier in the yeah. night. I like stopped at a friend's for a while, whatever, but I yeah. like... Was just it trying made you to sleep here. I was just tired. I, yeah. I had tunnel vision. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the semi woke me up by slamming on the horns yeah. and I slid it's out of the way. Literal wake up call. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was yeah. that was not ideal at yeah. all. I felt really bad about that. And, <laughs> and that was the end of the stripping? Yeah, I just was like, I wanted to just bartend, not deal with being objectified by people. You just get exhausted. You sit down and try to talk to them and they're just like, you're like, hey, how are you? And they're like, I'm, I'm good. Or like, you know, or we'll turn in their chair. They'll turn. It's like, you can say hi back. I'm not, mm. I'm not like absorbing the money out of your wallet yeah. against yeah. your will. Like you can be friendly, but it's funny. Oh, how, you mean sitting down like after you've done, you've done the. Or you've danced on stage dance. or whatever. And you're just walking around trying to like talk to somebody to see if they'll 
you know, go get a dance or something. Yeah. And some of them are just very like, yeah. go, they'll be like flat out like, go away or yeah. I don't like your titties or <laughs> they'll say whatever they want. It like gives them a license to, mm. to really like, sure. to just be like, um, you're not my type or yeah. nice teeth or, you know, just say all kinds of insane shit. Hmm. And, uh, yeah. So I just got really worn out on that stuff and just being like sort of on a, a platter and just anybody can yeah. say whatever the fuck they want or do whatever they want. Right. And so it was nice to like make money and keep my clothes on and yeah. like actually see live music or whatever, start to yeah. learn a new skill, start doing cocktail shit. And right. so that was what was cool about moving to DC and making money and being able to put that behind me and start to gain like kind of a different sense of identity. You mm. know? So how long did that go? How long did DC go? I was there like seven years. Oh, wow. Working different places or? Yeah. Well, U Street Music Hall was always, was kind of the mainstay for four of them, like on and off. I'd come mm. and go depending on the seasons yeah. or what their needs were. Another DJ venue opened up up the street, Flash. And so then that was suddenly where all the hot people were hanging out and all the nerds hung out at Utrecht. <laughs> all the electronica nerds uh, uh, were at all the ugly people. Nobody was fucking each other. Oh, they all just wanted to hear the music. And then Flash is where you would go, and it was yeah. like all the hot-ass people yeah. that were going out, you know, on the scene in, in D.C. were were there and they had three levels and they were open till four in the morning and like would get like the bigger acts. So mm. they were kind of taken away from the money we were making there. Mm. And then I started, um, I was at Bar Pilar, which was like, like it was like a boys club. And so we were like, I was learning like classic cocktails there, mm -hmm. but you know, we're, we're playing like, Bob Ross on TV. Really? Oh, with okay. subtitles or just oh. some weird fucking movie, you mm -hmm. know, put and, and then like listening to God knows what, just punk rock really mm -hmm. loud. And But I had to get out of there because the drinking culture was just like, this is not sustainable because I was working at, at SoulCycle. At the, I started working at SoulCycle part-time. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, uh, as you can, as you can see, I've had a hard time sitting still. <laughs> my entire life soul cycle huh yeah so soul cycle kept me grounded uh, i think at that was at 30 years old and that was mm. the best shape i've ever been in my yeah. life and that, what were you doing there were you like running the, the classes or, or like were you just doing like a receptionist or i was front desk and it was a hospital it was a luck they consider themselves a luxury hospitality brand. Oh, okay. And so it's like, it's... I've a, never been inside of one of those. <laughs> it, there's 68 bikes. It's in the dark. It's candlelit. There's like some theater kid fucking instructor mm. screaming, getting everybody all pumped. And there's like EDM remixes of like songs people... I remember the first time I heard about spinning, I thought they meant like the pottery kind. You know? <laughs> I was like, oh, no, it's, no. Just, a, it's just a fancy bicycle. Okay. Yeah, it's like... Stationary bike. It's like indoor cycling. Tech, yeah. bunch of tech shit. Well, it was cool. I got, <laughs> I got to meet a lot of awesome people. I, yeah. I, I like started at one point was like like training and running and was considering mm. doing the Marine Corps marathon with a couple instructors and like wow. this guest that was on the Olympic committee. And then like, there was another guy 
man, I wish I... Feel like I could, his his name is on the tip of my tongue, but he was in the um, the Broadway rendition of The Wiz. Oh wow! And he was older. He was so cool. It's gonna come to He's me. He's on too. down. He's on down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was really awesome, and he um, he used to come in early in the morning and was always like super kind and whatever. Mm. Like it just is an interesting cast of characters there. But mm. I was trying to hustle my free rides. Yeah. And then the the real perk came along when like they were like, Well, you know, uh Flotus rides here mm. three to five times a week in between class it's a private ride. Yeah. Staff is welcome to ride with her. Mm. Um, you have to sign a thing while you're working sure. here. Yeah. You can't yeah. post about it on social yeah. media and then like the secret service would come in and like you know, ask us. Well, who? How many people are in the first class? How many people are in the second class? Yeah. Like they check everything out. Did you ride with Michelle? <laughs> many times. Yes. <Yeah. laughs> fucking awesome. She's a badass. Yeah. She like. She's so is that what led you to move to Chicago? <laughs> what? So her? No. <laughs> She's like, you should check out Chicago. No. <laughs> I mean, it's another. Yeah. It's another uh, accolade of Chicago for sure. <laughs> but no, my me wanting to come here was um, through through my friend Barnaby, who was with Three Floyds for right. a very long time. Okay. So I came up here to hang out, and then saw Chicago. I was like, "This place fucking rolls." Yeah. I feel so like it's more my speed. Yeah. So how much longer were you you were at Soul Cycle and all these these clubs and stuff? How much longer did that that period last? It, like I said, it was about Soul Cycle. I started going to that in like 2015. Yeah. And then, long story long, yeah. I had a, a, a quick progression in my. I'm kind of feel like I'm skimming over this because I, <laughs> I feel like I'm telling so many different random stories. But I, I wanted to get out of Bar Pilar. Mm-hmm. I quit Soul Cycle. I was like, I'm trying to turn a hobby into a job. And then I, to, mm-hmm please somebody I was dating I didn't want to be an instructor I just liked riding a lot it kept me grounded what do you mean to please somebody like they didn't like it I dated a I dated a a wealthy person who Uh tried to kind of play God in my life a little bit and then he was gonna like take care of you yeah I started to allow that to happen Mm. but really I realized what a terrible idea it was and how I was being pressured to like go the soul cycle woman he didn't want. He didn't want me working in the bar. He felt right. so threatened by it. It's like that's how he met me, and then he he hated it. But I went on to work at Momofuku, which was very structured. It was for Chef David Chang, and I learned a right. shitload there. And then um, I went on to. Uh, I had a couple little like opening gigs where I was like. Helping like open new oh, concepts, open, open, okay. and then I started at Columbia Room, which at that point only like a month before they crushed Tales of the Cocktail as like best American cocktail bar. They brought me on the team. This is all still DC, or yes, or? yes, and like Derek Brown, who is my boss, he he's written at least two or three books at this point. He's kind of turned it into like a he's an anthrop or no. Well, he's minoring in anthropology. He's like going back to UPenn at this point mm-hmm. for like positive psychology, I believe. But he became um, 
So, fun fact with him, uh, he, like, lobbied with, like, the city council to have, like, an official cocktail recognized for Washington, D.C., mm. and it's the Gin Ricky. It's mm. got, like, a, or the Ricky, it's got, like, a major historical background there. Mm -hmm. The only other city in the United States that has an official cocktail is New Orleans, and that's oh. the Sazerac. Okay. So he's an interesting dude, and I learned a lot from him. Um, and I left there, and I went to Bar Mini by Jose Andreas, and I was, like, spherifying mojitos and force carbonating them <laughs> and doing all kinds of geeky science mm. stuff in a two-Michelin-star restaurant. Very much an experience. Mm. And then I just got burned out. And so, yeah, and then I went up here. In Chicago. Yeah. And then I worked at Milk Room, where I was working with Rare and Vintage Spirits. Okay. Right, and, I, they, and I had some some interesting guests there. I, I totally was a, I was the bartender for Rick Bayless when, oh, his, yeah. when his family wanted to surprise him for his birthday. Oh, and everybody on the floor was freaking out, and I didn't know who it was. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the Frontera guy. Yeah. Tight. Yeah, it's better not to know that stuff. Then you don't get weirded out. Yeah. Oh, and then Steve Albini, he came in once. He actually drew that picture of me looking like a dick that's tacked to my wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how, how long into your Chicago stay did you decide to go back to school and go back to the corpses? The Ooh. corpses just kept calling your name this, well, yeah. all these years through all these jobs and all these... <laughs> they wanted you back, the, the zombies. <laughs> yes. I want you back. Yeah. yeah what ha how did that ha all happen? So, I was only here about, I guess the COVID-19 pandemic hit mm -hmm. mid-March. We got, we got the, 2020, the, the murmuring yeah. of it, yeah. like maybe a month or so before, what was it, January, where it was like, oh, there's 11 cases in Seattle. Yeah. And we're like, oh shit, here it comes. Yeah. It's like 28 days later. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... I moved here the, that summer, and in I was... In 2019 you moved here? 2019. Yeah. I was living with Brian Azzarello. Right. From DC Comics, and... Grumpy. How did you meet him? Did you know him? I just moved into a house, and he suddenly was my roommate. Oh. And he's... In... In... Back... In... In Barnaby's house. In Barnaby's house. Oh, from, right. From Three right. Floyds. Okay. We lived right. in the Magic Palace. of The right. Island of Misfit Toys was us three. Then that's where you met. Brian. Brian was, we both lived on the top floor and Grumpy mm -hmm. was in the basement. And mm -hmm. it was just a lot of shenanigans and checking out Chicago stuff and yeah. hoofing it to Parsons because I didn't know where to go. I didn't even know what grocery store to use. Mm. And then around like fall, my mom, my parents started kind of suddenly kept raising the idea of like, you should go to school. Mm-hmm. If you go to school, we'll help guide you through it. Why did they? Why do you think they started on that tack or on that trip? I think it was because I had right before I moved DC, moved from DC. I had um, I had a I had a violent experience with someone that I was in a one year. Mm relationship with that resulted in me um deciding to prosecute this person mm. and not 
back down yeah. off of like go you know holding this person accountable and and I mean he did significant like physical damage to me mm-hmm. unprovoked one night coming home from work and I think my parents my mother particularly was so just horrified by the details of that that she saw it as an environment that was caustic and attracted people from like the the bar world or the nightlife world was like that's where you you would run across people like this she's just like no one has no one has your back Mm. people are problematic yeah you know you can't rely on this that you're easily replaceable this is not a good long-term option, whatever. And, and at that point, I was just like, okay, well, you got my attention, but I'm also like, I've invested so much in myself and I have such an insane resume, like mm-hmm. in the cocktail world, and I yeah. have such an insane network and I, yeah. and I care about it. I love it. And it's mm-hmm. like, shit, I'd like to create my own rad concept someday or whatever. So I was a little reluctant to like see it through, mm-hmm. you know, and... She called me one day and was just like, hey, get your ass in school, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to, we're going to help you. Yeah. I'm glad we have an understanding. And she just like hung up the phone on me and I was like, all right, well maybe I'm, if I don't walk through this door, it's a mistake. But yeah. it was like, do I want to go like expand upon what I've already been doing mm-hmm. or, and then it was like, oh, the light came on. I was like, ooh. I want to go to school for biology. I want to, like, I remember that. Back to and, the like, work. <laughs> well, I just, I mean, I, the people there were all so inspiring. They really left an impression on me. And it was like, I never forgot it. I was 20, yeah. you like going into school not knowing what you want to do, or like 20 yeah. years of thinking about it. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, I trust me, I feel like a, a total joker sometimes walking across campus you know with my full sleeves and whatnot and it's like surrounded by 18 year olds but i'm doing it it's like i think they're they're the ones wasting their time and money i mean they're too young they don't know what they want to do and they're just going in debt that this is this is a dead horse i beat all the time but (laughs) higher ed in america that's just like a fucking ponzi scheme for that's just enslaving young people and their parents, you know? Yeah, well, I... It's gotten so absurdly expensive, and it's just a place for you to party and make connections. You know, like, you can do that in any job. Right. Any fucking job. Right. Like, you don't need you don't need to be going into debt this way, you know, for that, when you don't know what you're going to be with, when you grow up, and we live so fucking long now, you know? Like, well, yeah. <laughs> well, at this point, I, I mean, I don't know. With the debt stuff, it's like, sure, I might have this payment forever, but, like, eventually I'm going to fall off the face of the earth. Yeah. Hopefully I've I've created something for myself. It's that, fine like, to go debt if not you know. not be burdened by but, it, but... You'd, but you you have a plan, though, now. You know, like, it's, well, you have some sort of plan. Well, so, yeah, so so at this point, it's like, I've, I've been trying to get you're away from... You're a grown-ass woman. <laughs> you know, like, you're not, yeah. you're not a child well, like they are. Yes, well, at, at this stage, it's just like, I've somehow, you know, again, longest ever story long, I have... You know, I, I did the community college thing. I wasn't sure of myself. And then it's mm. like, I got into a National Honor Society. I, I became the um, 
president of the student government and Malcolm mm. X Community College and joined the Latino Medical <coughs> Student Association and then I got into Loyola with a crazy scholarship and so now I'm doing, uh, you know, majoring in forensic science in my third year and <coughs> I'm on the dean's list so uh, if, uh, you know, if this means anything to anybody it's like, yo, you literally <laughs> I have just anything that fucking drum something up in me is like I I move in that direction and cool yeah. shit happens it's like if if I'm not a testament to anything else it's like literally life is like a crazy domino effect yeah and you have enough if you have enough brass to just like be unafraid be a little afraid but like yeah. feel that fear but like take risks and it's like I I feel like I've had a lot of really cool experiences thus far it's seems like it <laughs> <laughs> some people might give me the side eye and be like that's one crazy ass bitch but i i think that it i have yeah I, but fuck them what are the what have they got going for themselves? <laughs> I, mean, I i feel like i you know have am relatively well adjusted and you know and and so it's, it's. I don't know. I mean, I haven't known you long, but you seem to have your head screwed on, right? To me, <laughs> to me, you know, like I don't. Maybe I'm not a good judge of that, but. Well, thank you. Yeah, I. <laughs> I mean, I, I try. I just, I. Uh, it's been awesome meeting Skylar. That's. Uh, yeah. It's added a, a whole other layer to my life here in Chicago, and a, meeting people like you and. Skylar's and, a nice young man. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> And it's definitely helped me find my way around town because it's like I was only here for eight months and then the world shut down. And this is a right. dauntingly massive city full of wonders. <laughs> yeah. And you guys met at the, the mountain climbing thing, right? Yeah, like, we met. We met at rock climbing. First descent. First descent, right. It's yeah, because he was just getting into that. So was I. And yeah, then it was we like a new thing. And yeah. then we never went back. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We went back once, and it yeah. took us like six or seven months to do so. And it's, <laughs> it's like, oh, well, now there's always something else we'd rather be doing. It's like, yeah. come on, bitch, we need to go work out again. <laughs> <laughs> but and anytime you see one of those goofy rock walls, you can you can have a just so a ha happy thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was that was a funny that was a funny thing. But yes, we. I got him to run three miles with me the other day. Oh, wow. It's funny because after a point, I wanted to stop. And he was like, no, I want to keep going. I'm like, all right. Yeah. All right, look at you. <laughs> so that's your thing now? You go running or? I don't really have a thing now. Honestly, it's just like we're all trying to find a balance. And yeah. right now there isn't. This is called the I Hate Fun Summer of Calculus. Oh yeah. So I'm like halfway through the first course. I got another. I had an exam last Thursday. I have another oh, exam this Tuesday. All you're doing all summer is math. Yeah, for twelve weeks. Ugh, that sucks. It does fucking suck. I'm like. That's terrible. Right now, it's I just guess, like. It's a means to well, you're doing it for a good reason. Well, I need it for these courses this fall. Yeah. But this year, it's like, he's very much been the coach of like. You just need to go with the flow and try to keep it positive. Do yeah. things that make you happy so you don't lose your mind because you get yeah. easily overwhelmed. Yeah. And I I definitely get my feelings like, wow, I really... I can't just like just chill out for a week and bop around. It's like I literally got to keep going. And, mm. and that's... 
it's mental fatigue. It really yeah. is. It's like, I'm sick of feeling this feel. I'm sick of feeling this like low grade to high grade stress at mm. all times and not just like unwinding and not feeling anything. But I guess that's just part of the experience. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm already three years deep, so. How long you got left? <laughs> Two years. Two more years? That's well, yeah. all right. Yeah, because it's, ju it's just the course load. It's yeah. like, I'll get there, but now we're, we're getting into the deep shit. And I'm yeah. like, Skylar, you can't force me to go see Spiritualized in Milwaukee on Thursday mm. night because I got class the next morning. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't even tempt me with going yeah. to all these cool shows because I got to be like, Turbo turbo homebody. I gotta I gotta be on board to like just give up the Well it sounds like it's worth it. It's a good it's a good cause. It is. I gotta keep my eye on the prize of what's at the other end so I can actually like you know, make make some make some difference in, in the community. And yeah, you can be you can end up as what's I, her what's that series of books? I read some of them. Uh what's her name? Patricia Cornwall. Did you read those books? No. It was like she's like the heroes of forensic. Oh, awesome! Kay Scarpetta is her name. Oh yeah, like the, I remember you, you know telling that, me about that. No, there was no, like there's like you know they they write those books like on a production line. I don't know. <laughs> there's probably like five hundred of them, and each one is like some some really like gnarly you know serial killer some kind of case, and she solves it by finding some. You know, toenail or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, totally. She, she finds yeah, she, the toenail. Yeah, she well, does it with science, you know. Well, it's you know, like I would like... the body farm and all that kind of stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. I definitely <laughs> want to go check that out at some point. But I want it all to come full circle thinking back to, like, my time in Baltimore to my time in that, um, like, sex worker culture and mm. seeing... People drug dealing and went. I mean, I I witnessed somebody get shot to death in one of mm. the clubs at one point, or yeah. seeing what those girls going missing or overdose related mm -hmm. stuff, whatever. Seeing trends and what's happening in your communities and creating yeah. public initiatives that you know enact new laws that mm. decrease the death rate yeah. for certain things or advocating for certain things such as elder abuse or domestic violence or right. you know etc etc and so on and so forth it's it's so what do you, you like what do you see like what would it be is that what you see like the end point for you being like more of like a political kind of thing or, or like actually working in a like hands-on like kind of a medical kind of situation well you work in a medical situation yeah. you write the reports you testify in yeah. court but you're reporting statistics to the government mm -hmm. that are seeing yeah trying to understand environmentally what's happening to people mm. whether it's like wow there's a lot of this going on yeah. over here and a lot of it is within certain um just segregated impoverished neighborhoods that have less access to health resources yeah. or there's there's a lot of issues you know with within our major cities and even rural areas with people that are just don't have um this, the same access to what they need yeah like the rest of us do right. and people are dying because of it and yeah. So it's honestly people that are processing 
just even even tracking who's who's being affected by COVID nineteen the most. Right. Yeah. And then realizing like what they're dealing with, but also just refusal to get vaccinations because of you know our government historically experimenting on people right. of color and watching them yeah. suffer and die just to yeah to, because for black research. people in America think that yeah getting the government to to inject you with stuff is going to be the Tuskegee experiment again exactly again. exactly so yeah. um, it's understandable except that if that's so then we're all we're all the guinea pigs because everybody's getting it done you know but also importantly yeah. to be able to you know hold law enforcement and just like our, our carceral state accountable for stuff too yeah. it's just you're oh, yeah, really you're, mess. you're ground zero for seeing the the seeing the treatment of others and so you know that all that all ties into it it's not just like i like i like dead people like it's <laughs> <laughs> it's not about that there's a lot going on in our country and there's not enough people that want to go through the effort to mm. understand this stuff, to be um, certified, right. to make these calls. Well, yeah, and, and that's where, yeah, it helps because you've sort of lived a life before getting into this. You're not just like one of these children that you're in school with. Yeah, but, don't al know anything. Right, but also <laughs> the funny lived, thing you know. is like, you know, today pulling my annual credit report, it's like Skylar and I are finally looking to cohabitate together mm -hmm. and thought I'd be damned if I ever lived with somebody again. <laughs> but we're doing it. And so I pulled up the annual credit report mm -hmm. and it's like I look through one, oh everything checks out, oh, it looks good, oh pays yeah. everything on time, never late, yeah. blah blah blah. I get to the third one and it's like a very random small list mm -hmm. of like jobs that I've had. And it's like Kaiser Tiger server. Mm -hmm. Bar Mini by Jose Andreas, and then it says Shift Manager, which isn't true, but I don't know whoever yeah. put that yeah. in. And then it goes Gold Club Entertainer, and I'm like, God damn it! And then it's like, Okay, well, someday when I'm trying to get this government job and they're running mm -hmm. my background check, am I gonna yeah. be disqualified because I, you know, was technically a sex worker, at, mm -hmm. you know, 15, 20 years ago? And then that just shines a light on what so they in, deal in, with. Oh, that, that's the thing I was going to ask you earlier when you mentioned sex worker. So in, in the eyes of the government, uh, a stripper is considered a sex worker? Or is... Yes. They you're have, not they, technically... You're classified... You're cl I was, was going to ask you about that. Because, you're not classified as a prostitute, but yeah. you're classified as a sex worker. You're dancing naked. There's some form of like physical contact. It's not... Uh -huh penetrative yeah. or you yeah. know what i mean there's a lot of laws right. surrounding it yeah doesn't mean that there aren't people that are doing that shit for course, the right yeah. amount of money because prostitution is as old as jesus yeah you know like much older than jesus <laughs> much much <laughs> yeah it's like come on since since you know human humankind so as soon as, sex the, I bet as, soon as there was three people one of, <laughs> one, one of them was getting paid to do it yes you know, like, yes <laughs> so but in, in that, that third one was <laughs> But in but in the eyes of the government, I, I mean, I was going to ask you about that. But yeah. like huh. the the rights of the sex workers, it's like they've tried to unionize. Yeah. They run into problems with so many things, and it is a legitimate profession. Yeah. Um, there could be a lot to be. You know, I'm not going to get on a soapbox about this, but they're they don't have a ton of rights, and yeah. it stands like 
like me just having entertainer gold club on my yeah. on my thing could cause a lot of major problems for me down the road considering who I'm, like I'm a, dealing that's with. That's a mark against you. That's like a scarlet letter. Yeah, so, but it, but it's like ridiculous. we're we're tax paying, we're yeah. showing up, we're clocking in, we're paying shift right. pay, we're whatever, well, and yeah. it's like we have our own rights and we have I should have that. our own bodily autonomy and but it's it's one of those like uh it's considered a nonviolent crime, mm -hmm. such as you know drug use or whatever yeah. else, that right. a lot of resources are being wasted on. Throw. It's very easy to accuse women who are dancing or working in massage parlors or doing escort yeah. services or whatever. They'll ask a couple questions and put you in cuffs. Then you're separated from your children when you're literally sure. just trying to provide for them, and you lose every. You know what I mean? And so the law is like really hardcore not um supportive of of these people especially marginalized and yeah. trans folks so yeah so just something as simple as being associated with that can really turn your day on its head <laughs> yeah but so you know and also advocating for these people that go missing or, or yeah. experience sexual violence and hate crimes well and i think like, yeah i think all this stuff will will only help you just because you're aware of it you're just seeing it firsthand and seeing yeah. hard situations you know there were many 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 fun times i'd even go you as won't far be as blindsided the way somebody younger and less experienced in the world will be when you know the jobs you know like where somebody's coming from seeing things what could have happened seeing things through yeah. a different lens of experience and i know that i will you know it's like this summer i'm looking to um my mentor, she's uh, Dr. Ann Grauer. She's she is a um, an anthropologist, and she works with the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office, like identifying skeletal remains. And mm -hmm. um, she is like, you can come on down with me. I'll put you to work. And she keeps emailing with me and stuff. So I don't know. I just I hope to. I did things the non traditional way all the way, yeah. but I feel like I've. I'm very worldly and I've had such a wealth of crazy life experiences yeah. just head on that I hope to be in an advantage with my people skills but also yeah. just seeing things through a different lens and someone who's like kind of on <laughs> who's just left mommy and daddy's house did yeah. nothing but science never worked in in a restaurant you know yeah. what I mean where you really have to deal with people sure and then have like um you know working with families and stuff like having a Communicate and have the sort of the, what is the word for it? bed bedside nature or whatever bedside manner, when, yeah. bedside manner sure, yeah. when it comes to like really hard fucking real life shit. Yep, you'll be able to communicate with those corpses real good. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am the corpse whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> just lie still, lie still. All... I think you just switched. <laughs> yeah. No, it, I don't know. I, maybe it's all hindsight, but it seems to make sense. Like you, you, you can look back to point A to point B, and doesn't make sense then. But like now, you can look back and connect the dots. How it it makes when you tell me, you know, this stuff, it makes sense to me. It doesn't seem weird. Yeah, but. it's just like. But you know, if it's like if I sit down and like people start picking, it's it's very easy to go from like, well, this leads to this. Oh well, I'm curious about this, and then what happened then, and then uh, yeah. and then it's like, wow, you know, when I walk away from the situation, I'm like, 
God damn, I'm Captain Intensity. And yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I like start talking about my past, yeah. I, it's, uh, I almost feel like, like this major shame of like being too much or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. I haven't heard anything that was too much. <laughs> you're talking, you're talking into a recorder, so I guess you're okay with it too. You know. <laughs> it comes. I mean, it's but it's also like I love my life. I I legitimately think that at this point, if if something were to happen to me, if today was the last day, like I yeah. I would be okay with yeah. what I've experienced and what I've accomplished in life thus far. No, now, but like a straight line's fucking boring. You gotta go jagged <laughs> like I'll meander and go tangents and well, I just like that it, shit out. At this point, you know, when I'm ninety years old and I'm in my, my wheelchair and mm. I got all this shit mm. and they're, and they're all telling stories about, you know great granny granny al <laughs> <laughs> and she used to dance with the naked ladies and she used to operate on dead bodies yeah you have some stories to tell <laughs> she used to ride on a bike with the first lady and yeah just just you know that's kind of so do you tell michelle obama about stripping <laughs> no, it was really just like, hi, how are you? Oh, here's your gift bag I put together. But I mean, she would ride behind me yeah. and she'd be in her sports bra with her hat on. Yeah. And like Wayne, who was her favorite instructor, he ended up getting me too. But she, oh, really? oh yeah, he was yeah. sleeping with all the, the, you know, hot little ripped riders. Sure. <laughs> and they, they all started complaining about him and he got the can. But he, uh... That was her favorite that for a while. That shit's so selective, though. Like, we're just, you made me think of uh, with the massage and stuff. You're following this, the, the fucking quarterback. The, he just got a new job. He got a huge job. He's accused by, like, 66, like, massage parlor uh, women of, like, abusing, of abuse. Was he just trying to get, like, the, like, the I don't know. do you want release? Or was it, like, crazier than I that? I don't know if he beat them up, like... Oh, like 66. Damn. So, like, there's like so many cases against him, but he got signed for a hundred billion dollars to some new team. Wow. Like, because, because like he's it. so good at that job, he makes so many people so much money. I mean, it's how these guys survive for so, like, there's, there's so many connections, you know, that people are willing to. They're willing to turn a blind eye. Especially if it suits when, them. when the, the accuser is like, some chick who works in a massage parlor. So, right. Like, well, they're like, well, you're the lesser than yeah, because you're, you're you do this. Yeah, yeah. You're you're probably just a whore, right? Like, totally. Uh, like you had it coming or whatever. But I don't know all the details of this, but it's been going on for like the last year or two with this guy. Well, the, the, but he seems to have somehow weathered it. Or like, you know, you got the, the Johnny Depp story. Or, oh, yeah. Well, the Johnny Depp stuff. I didn't follow it like... Very closely, but enough to where it's just yeah, like, uh, wow, you guys are both toxic as fuck. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, like, uh, the white uh, beaters will have been very buoyed and cheered by this, you know? Like, they get so, oh, good, green light. Right, slap right, well. Slap the bitches around again, you know? But like, I mean, something okay. that I learned in, you know, when I was in my ethics yeah. class was just like, you have to set a precedent. You can't. Yeah. You can't make an exception for this one person because, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like them bringing up hard cases about like, okay, well, this man is, 
in his 80s, his wife has severe dementia, and mm. it's because her quality of life is is not there. She's confused. She's crying all the time. Mm. He tries to feed her or change her yeah. clothes, and she feels like she's being attacked. She's yeah. wandering in the street, whatever. Yeah. He finally just decided to put yeah. a pillow on her and yeah. shoot her. And I'm sure that hurt. They were together for 60 yeah. years. But he was just like, I can't bear to see her go yeah. on like this. And then they want to throw him in, jail in, in for, prison yeah. for the, the next, what, 12 years yeah. that he's going to be alive. And yeah. so the, our professor was just like, do we, you know, do we look at his point of view or do we follow the law for everyone yeah. that everybody has to follow? Because if we make an exception for this man, yeah. then it's going to be an exception for some other motherfucker. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? And it's just like, wow, it's like... You know, trying to understand what justice truly is is yeah. is really wild too. No, it's it's real complicated. Yeah, but yeah, you know, you have to still treat people as people. Totally. I don't know. I don't, I don't think Johnny Depp is trying to mercy kill anybody. No, he's <laughs> he's just saying he wants to fuck her burnt corpse and like yeah. wild stuff. There, like something like going on there, dog. Like a that's, guy that's really really can't deal with getting old. Like, all the fucking plastic surgery that guy's had done, like, he just looks like a fucking corpse already. But. Well, did you hear, like, Kathy Griffin called him something like a like a fat, bloated corpse. Or oh, she, really? She went oh, on nice. the record and was like, I got no respect for him. He yeah. is a, a bloated, drunk piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, Kathy, go on. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, there's a lot of ugliness played out in public with some of these fucking people. But when they're making... You know, a lot of millions of dollars for for corporations and other people. Then they get they get preferential treatment. I just can't believe the whole thing was televised. <laughs> like, why was the whole thing televised? Like that, they turned it's the it into TV, the TV show that people want to watch. Yeah, but they people are gross. They, but they turned <laughs> it into like fucking like the OJ trial yeah. or something. Sure, that's when it started. That's when all this shit started with the. The celebrity train wreck. Mm-hmm. He pioneered that, that the OJ thing. Yeah, but that that definitely inspired you know some new lawmaking and stuff mm. too. That whole case was definitely yeah. um, groundbreaking as far as yeah how the law handles domestic violence. He definitely was <laughs> working the system and the police for a while there, terrorizing her. It sucks. Yeah, he was a pioneer. <laughs> a pioneer. Of something. <laughs> Still out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, cool. Should we wrap this up? Yes. <laughs> and then they lived happily ever after. And then the I end. lived happily. I'm about to go open a White Claw and enjoy the rest the yeah. day babysitting this betta fish. Oh yeah, you got the betta fish and you're going to go see a movie. I'm going to reach my finger in there and poke him and scare the bejesus out of him and then maybe go... He's sleeping or something. He's been real wound up since I cleaned the bowl. <laughs> well, cool. Thanks for, thanks for doing this. This is yeah. fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks for telling the stories. Anytime. Cool. All right, over and out. <laughs>